I'm going to read a few scripture passages in our call to worship this morning from Psalms. Beginning in chapter 106, it says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. For He has remembered His holy promise, and Abraham His servant. He brought out His people with joy, His chosen ones with gladness. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to Him. I will be glad in the Lord. Amen. Father in heaven, we come to you and cry, holy, 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 for you are the Lord God Almighty, the one seated upon the throne. You are the one who created the heavens and the earth, and we cry out to you today, holy. Lord, we pray that everything that is said and done, every thought, every song that we sing, Lord, that it would be praise and honor and glory to you. And as you have set this table before us this morning, the table of your grace, as we come to it, Lord, we pray that we would do so by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we join our hearts together now as we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray, saying out loud, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, for our confession of faith, we're going to be reciting together the Apostles' Creed. It's in the green hymnal on page 845 if you would like to turn there. I'm going to begin by asking you, as this is a statement of faith, Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear these words of assurance from the book of Psalms, chapter 116, beginning in verse 5. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and He saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have been delivered, my soul, from death my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. What shall I render to the Lord for all of His benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of His people. Amen. As we continue to worship now, please take your hymnal and turn to number 660 as we sing together, O God Beyond All Praising.
may be seated. This morning for our responsive reading, please turn in your hymnal to number 821. We're going to be reading together Psalm 100. Page 821, Psalm 100. I'll begin with the light portion. Please respond out loud together with the bold. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Know that the Lord is God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's stand together now and sing together hymn number 252 When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. that this is a Sunday marked on the church calendar where we recognize those in the persecuted church around the world and pray for them, those who are suffering, uh, truly suffering uh, because of naming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and belonging to Him. So let's join our hearts together in prayer now before the Lord.
Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we may call you our Father, that you call us your sons and daughters, and that we believe this by faith as we raise our hearts and our petitions to you, that you hear us when we pray, that you delight to inhabit the praises and the prayers of your people. Lord, we do raise up to you those in this country and in countries around the world who are worshiping you today. Lord, we do so this morning without much thought here of any threat to us. And Lord, we pray for those who worship and who do so knowing that it could be their last day on this earth because they have chosen to say, I belong to the Lord Jesus by faith. And they live in a country where it is not looked upon kindly. Lord, we pray for them, our brothers and sisters. They are men and women with flesh like ours and sinful desires like ours. We are no better than they. And Lord, we pray that you would fill them with faith. Help us to stand together with them now in prayer, especially on this Sunday. But Lord, other days also, as we pray not only for our own personal needs and the needs of our families. Lord, put it in our hearts to pray for them that they would be filled with boldness and courage, that they would stand for You in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation. Lord, I do pray for Jeffrey and the SRL Seminary. Lord, I pray that as he finishes his work and as he prepares to serve You in Your church, Lord, I pray that You would give him joy and delight in preparation of preaching the Gospel, of loving Your people. I pray that You would bless His family, Lord, and I pray that you would give him joy and delight in believing and hoping that you have called him into your kingdom, out of darkness and into your marvelous light, that he serves before you in the beauty of holiness. Lord, we thank you for this time to be together as your body, the church, and we pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit as we prepare to hear your word and come to the table of your grace that You have set before us and welcomed us to. Lord, we pray that we would do so expectantly, that You would speak to our hearts, that You would minister the Gospel to our souls, and that we would believe it by faith. In Jesus' name, Amen.
I want to invite you to open your Bible to the Old Testament book of Psalms, chapter 23. We're going to read uh, this morning, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Today in our series, The Good Shepherd, we're looking at verse 5, and the image changes as we have been looking at this song now for several weeks. It changes from the Lord as the shepherd king to the Lord as a friendly host. Along the path of righteousness, God has led David in green pastures. He's led him beside still waters and even into the dreadful valley of the shadow of death. A place of fear and real lurking dangers. And it is here in the presence of enemies where God spreads a table. This is the place of Christ's unstoppable provision. We said several weeks ago that the path of righteousness is the specific obedience that God has planned for His children to walk in. But it's also a metaphor for the road of life, including sharp turns, unexpected detours, and even the sudden screeching halt of standstill traffic at a malfunction junction, right when you need to be going somewhere else. What is at stake in these situations in life is your joy-filled trust in the salvation of God. Dear believer in the living God, hear the welcomed words of our faithful Savior. As you are here today, Along the path of righteousness, hear these words. Come to me, all who are labor and who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. These are the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. The sermon titled this morning is "You Prepare a Table." Before me. As we look at this verse 5 in Psalm 23, I want to do so this morning under three headings. The first, the place of the Lord's rich provision. Secondly, the gifts of the Lord's rich provision. And lastly, ears to hear and eyes to see. Number one, the place of the Lord's rich provision. David said, It's in the presence of my enemies. Perhaps David had in mind the events of 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 27 to 29. David was on the run from his own son Absalom at this time as he wrote those words. Absalom had momentarily seized the throne and David was running from him and he had arrived at Mahanaim just east of the Jordan River. There he found three men, Shobi, Machir, and Barzai, laying in a raft of provisions for David and those who were loyal to him. How easily it would have been for David to say, even on the run, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But what we should notice here as we read these verses is that God is intentionally unhurried. You don't typically set a table to sit down and eat if you're in a hurry. God is intentionally unhurried. He sets that table. And He is unbothered even in the presence of David's enemies. And He sets that table before Him. And He is sustaining David precisely right there. At that moment and in the presence of those who David called enemies. One writer has suggested that the way we should understand these words in the presence of my enemies, is that these are the enemies in the, books, uh, in the book of Psalms that so easily and often threaten those persons and spirits who battle the saints. It's that that David is seeing this table set before him. And battle the saints, how? They battle by threatening to question, is God truly present? Is He truly gracious? And is He powerful? In Psalm 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, O Lord, how many are my foes! 
Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation of God for him. In Psalm 119, verses 41 and 42, the writer says, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. David is very intentionally saying and showing to us, reminding us that God is providing for him even in the presence of his enemies. The threat of evil is not gone. He is sitting down to a table that the Lord has spread for him. One writer said that the marks of God's steadfast love for his people, for his children, for you, are unmistakable and public. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Number two, the gifts of the Lord's rich provisions. We read as David wrote, you prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This language and imagery here is of high esteem and honor in the presence of God Almighty. And wonder of wonders, it is God Almighty who is doing this work. It would be one thing for another man to esteem David the king as he sees him. And it would totally be understandable for another man to set a table before him and to set it beautifully with a feast. But who is it that David says does this for him? He says, you, Lord, set a table before me. This is the Lord God, the Almighty God, the one who made heaven and earth, the one who is esteemed with majesty and light that Isaiah said he saw sitting upon a throne and it humbled him to his knees. And he said, woe is me. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, as we think about who this God is that set this table before David. In Exodus chapter 3, it says that Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back to the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold... The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take off your sandals from your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. This is the one that David says sets a table before him in the presence of his enemies. It is the Lord. And as you think about David's life, as you think about what he has gone through, think about your own life, what you have gone through. Who has prepared you for the journey of life? Your Heavenly Father has. And He knows exactly what to provide and when to do it. And He rejoices to welcome us to this table. This was what David understood and knew. Not only had he set this table... But he didn't dangle it there as a carrot in front of him. He says, come here and feast with me. Sit with me. You may rest in the presence of your enemies. This is not an awkward time. This is the right time. Our hearts betray us though. We know that we are unworthy sinners. How could this truly be a seat at this table for me? How could it be intended for me? A Puritan writer named Richard Sibbs wrote, Our duty is to accept Christ's inviting us to His table. What will we do for Him if we will not feast with Him? He says, number two, the gifts of the Lord's provision are that you anoint my head with oil. You might ask, how can I be sure that I'm permitted at this table? 
The assurance we have is of Jesus' welcome to us to come to the table because David says here, You anoint my head with oil. Psalm 45 verse 7, which is described as a, a love song, says, God, your God, has anointed your head with the oil of gladness. How can you be sure? How can you be sure this morning that this table that the Lord has spread before us is for you? It's because it's not one of His servants that anoints your head. It is Jesus Himself. Do you remember the irony of the situation in Luke chapter 7? A sinful woman of the city knew that Jesus was having a meal with a Pharisee at His house. And so she came into the house and she had a perfume and she was weeping at Jesus' feet. And she wipes His feet and anoints them with oil. And Jesus said to the owner of the house, when I came in, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this lady has not stopped washing my feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. She has anointed me with oil. Think of the irony of that situation. The Lord Jesus came in and was not anointed. He sets a table before you. How can you be sure that you have a seat at it? Because He anoints your head with oil. It is a symbol of His love and honor and affection to you. And lastly, David says, my cup runs over. He says, I drink and yet I am satisfied. And as I continue to drink, I look again and behold, my cup remains full. Jesus doesn't just make a table with just enough in the cup to enable us to simply get by. But He gives a superabundance to cause us to flourish at His table. In John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus said, He who believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That every time there is a desire, a thirst that rises, Jesus is there to meet us with a full cup and says, You may be satisfied in Me. And lastly this morning, point number three, ears to hear and eyes to see. This morning as we come to the Lord's table, as you think about these verses in Psalm 23, attend to your own heart, dear believer. Ask God for the blessings in this life that sustain joy and faith and hope in Him and not for the blessings of things. And one way that you know you do this is by how you think about the Lord in your prayers. And what you ask the Lord for. What are the things that your heart is after? In the book A Praying Life, Paul Miller wrote, If you are not praying, then you are quietly confident that your time, money, and talent are all that you need in life. If that's true, then you are needy above all people. Attend to your heart, dear believer. Seek the things that do sustain your joy and faith and hope in Him. Not after the things of this world. One of the things that God's people, the nation of Israel did, they grumbled against the Lord. If you still have your Bible, turn over to Psalm 78. As we think about attending our heart, Psalm 78, I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. This is speaking of the rebellion of Israel. It says, But they sinned even more against Him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? I wonder if some of us have that question in our mind this morning. Well, preacher, you read, the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I have been walking through a particular time of opposition and difficulty and hardship. And it appears that there is no table spread before me. And I wonder 
Can the Lord prepare a table to sustain me in this time? Do I believe by faith that He will do it? Is that what you are asking Him for, dear church family? That He would sustain your joy and hope and faith in believing. Do not harden your heart. Believe and hope in Him. He sets tables wherever He pleases. And He feeds His people and takes care of them wherever they are. Lastly, I've been thinking about this a lot this week as we come to the Lord's table. And it's just an inflection in words, but I think the semantical difference is significant for how we come to this table. Notice that David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. You fill my cup to overflowing. As you come to the table of the Lord's grace in just a moment, you come to receive. You don't come to take. And even in our confession, it speaks about coming to the Lord's table and receiving the elements. That we don't come to just simply take communion. It's not an activity that we do. It is a a practice of the presence of God, but it is also a blessed communion in the presence of your Savior. That is what helped David in these moments. Because you might notice, he's not yet out of the valley of the shadow of death when he writes. And when he looks to the Lord and says, you prepare a table before me. Notice he said, it's in the presence of my enemies. Here is David with his hands open and saying, Lord, I receive whatever it is that you have to give to me because you are good and right and you are my heavenly Father and I will take it even if the cup may be bitter and even if the food may be meager at times, you are providing for me. We come to this table not demanding anything from God, not taking what we have been owed because of a life of faithfulness, We come joyfully receiving all of His blessings even if He chooses to set that table in the presence of enemies. It is the living God who invites us. The living God invites us to feed upon Him at this table of His grace today. We come and receive by faith. It is His meal. And He says, come and feast question that might be in your mind as we prepare to come to this table in just a moment is, is it for me? I don't know that I truly believe that I am worthy to come to that table. Are you clinging to Jesus by faith? Then the answer is yes. Come to this table and be fed. Come and receive all that the Lord Jesus desires for you to have Come in faith, believing and hoping in Him. This is a blessed event in the life of the church to celebrate the communion of our Savior, this meal that He has prepared. It is a solemn occasion, not something to do lightly or to lay it aside quickly. We see in the elements the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that He so perfectly spilled for us. At this time, I'd like to call the the elders forward who will be participating in distributing the elements. prepare in Psalm 23 can have three different uh, meanings. It's a very broad word. It's a single word for prepare. 
It can mean preparing a table as preparing a meal. It can also mean preparing a case, like a, a law case, like making your case before God. Why would He accept you? But it also has a third meaning that I believe is particularly special and fitting for today as we think about coming to the table of the Lord's grace. It is also used of the priest when he would arrange and prepare the sacrifice as he laid them on the altar before they were to be consumed with fire. When David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, he is speaking about the table that the Lord would provide where He Himself would be the sacrifice. He would prepare that table, but He would be the one to climb up on the cross. He would fulfill all righteousness in His life and He sacrificed Himself for His people that we would be nourished and forgiven and cleansed and made right. Not because of good works that we had done, but because of everything that He did to fulfill in His own works He called all righteousness before His heavenly Father. We come to this table. We come to the Lord by faith. We bring nothing to earn a seat at it. Jesus has done everything for us. We bring our sinfulness. And in exchange, He gives us the righteousness of God. He cleanses us and gives us a new heart that we would walk with Him by faith and believe every day. You are not perfect, but you come to this table by faith because you belong to Him. And it is meant to be a table to encourage you along the way. I wonder if David may have paused and said, Lord, maybe we could have this meal another time. Maybe when the enemies are gone, and maybe you would think in your own heart, there might be a better time to be nourished by the Lord. Maybe when the current crisis is over. And yet, in His wisdom, the Lord knew exactly when David needed to be nourished with this meal. He knew that it was at this moment that his heart needed it. And dear believer, the Lord Jesus in His wisdom has laid this table before you. Yes, there might be another convenient time that would be better in man's wisdom. But the Lord sets this table before you today. Rest in Him and feed upon Christ. Hear now these words of institution from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which He was betrayed took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is My body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest he come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Let's take a moment now in silent confession before the Lord, repenting, confessing particular sins, and I'll pray in just a moment. <coughs> Our Father, we confess that we have sin in thought, word, and deed, even in many ways already this day. We have left undone things that we know we should do, 
And we have done things that we know Your Word says we ought not to have done. And Lord, we cry out to You that You would forgive us. We raise our voices to You, Lord, that You would hear our prayers for mercy and for grace. Lord, help us to believe by faith that this meal of bread and a cup is meant for us. That we come to it by faith because of the Lord Jesus. And we pray now, Lord, that You would set aside these these elements for Your glory and for our good that we would be nourished and feed upon Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. The Bible says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that He took the bread in the sight of His disciples and He broke it. He said, Take heed, this is My body which is broken for you. In the same way, after the meal, He he took the cup and He said, This cup is the new covenant in My blood which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. That bread and that cup symbolized many things. I'm just going to mention two. The bread symbolized His body, which in just a few short hours was going to be beaten and broken beyond recognition, it says in the book of Isaiah. That He would be so horribly treated that people would not be able to look upon His face. They hid their face from looking at Him That cup represented the cup of the wine of the wrath of God, all of which was poured out on Jesus. And the Bible says that He drank it to the very bottom, down to the very dregs, to the sediment in the cup. That He took all of that for you and for me as His people. There is nothing left for the people of God to suffer for their sins because all of the wrath was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He was brutally beaten and broken for you and me. That by His stripes, you and I could be healed. Our sins could be forgiven. We could be given a new heart that would want to walk with Him in righteousness and holiness and actually belong to Him. Want to worship. Want to be in His presence. And apart from that, there is no other way to be admitted to this table. The Bible says that this is the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is my responsibility as a minister to fence the table. To say that those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, if you're a a baptized member of a church that takes the Gospel seriously, you are welcome at this table. If you are resisting the Lord in some way, then you ought not come to this table. If you are continuing in some unconfessed sin before the Lord, you ought not come to this table today. Or if there is something between you and someone else that you've not done everything in your power to make right, and your conscience before the Lord is not clear, you ought not come to this table. But the Bible says that this table is not for perfect people. It is for people who cling to the Lord by faith and cry out for His mercy and grace. If for some reason you don't participate today, please stay for the remainder of our service. And in silent prayer before the Lord, spend time with Him. This is a special time before Him, in His presence. As we come to this table, we do so as families. If your children have not made profession of faith, then please have them keep their hands at their sides. But they are here with us in this covenant meal as a member of a covenant family, of a covenant-keeping God who is faithful to His people. These are the gifts of God. Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Feast upon Christ as He is offered to you in the Gospel.
pray briefly. Our Father, we thank You for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that this bread in our hand represents. May we feed upon Christ now and be nourished by Him in faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Jesus said, Take, eat, this is My body, which is broken for You. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus represented in this cup that we hold that was poured out and spilled because of our transgressions, because of our sins. And Lord, we thank You for the blood of Jesus that covers us and cleanses us from all sin, that we might walk before You in righteousness. We say thank You, Lord, and we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Drink You all of it. Having tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we're going to stand together now and sing a hymn together, number 468, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place.
dedicate to you now our tithes and offerings, these gifts that you have so richly given us, and we return back to you now a portion of what you have so richly blessed us with, that you might use it for the sake of the furthering of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray by faith that you would use it according to your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. benediction of our Lord from the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, 
to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.